0: Whoever it is that we're engaging is not just words on a screen. Those words on a screen represent a human person who posted them, and that human person was died for by Jesus Christ. And even if they have a wildly erroneous position, the only proper response to another human being is love. Hi, I'm Colin, and welcome to The Tightrope, the podcast where we look for balance and clarity in the midst of the world that we live in. I don't think any short podcast is going to give you that balance and clarity to last forever and ever. My simple hope is that each week we can help you to take a step forward. This week I want to talk about a particular news story that I think is good for our listeners to to be aware of. And I want to use that news story as an example or the events that surrounded it on my own personal feed as an example of what I think is possible in a positive way via social media and via conversation in the year 2020. Um, I had a little bit of a lesson on what to do when the rage button is triggered and how not to let that overtake us and draw us into the swirling vortex of conflict that tends to be um, the year 2020. So I took some of Amy's advice um, and followed her example as I've seen her setting that very good example over the last several months, talking about difficult things and disagreeing and doing so productively um, with, with friends and acquaintances on Facebook. Um, anyway, I want to talk about the July 10th Associated Press article that indicated that the Catholic Church in America received $1.4 billion in coronavirus aid. This article was put out there by a newswire service, which of course is supposed to be entirely objective. That's kind of how wire service is supposed to work. Um, and it, it made it look, and this is me reading it and knowing how... At least a bit. I'm not a a financier um, in an archdiocesan institution or I'm not on the finance council of my parish, but I basically know how things work between parishes and schools and outreaches and the incorporation of an archdiocese versus the incorporation of a religious order. I know that there's a lot of kind of nuance there, but the article makes it look like there is one giant incorporated entity called the Catholic Church that pays no taxes, that received a bunch of taxpayer money so that they could double plate their Lexuses in gold, or I don't know. It it just, the article doesn't read um, like it is supposed to be objective. It reads like it's supposed to enrage the reader about some giant scandal that has been uncovered. And I was so triggered, as they say, because I, I know firsthand that individual parishes and individual schools and individual outreaches and individual entities associated with religious orders and even Catholic healthcare institutions individually and in a timely manner had to respond quickly to, to uh, to apply for paycheck protection. That that's how it worked. It wasn't that the Catholic Church lobbied, cue imperial music, dum 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 dum, and in some evil scheme extracted 1.4 billion dollars. It was that individual parishes with modestly paid workers, including office staff, directors of religious education, youth ministers. They wanted to continue to pay their staff, and so they applied for a loan so they could continue to do that whilst their entire revenue source was pretty much dried up. And the same was true for schools, and the same was, was true for other organizations, most of which rely on donations. And what happened was that Um, Still, unfortunately, many schools closed, and many parishes and many dioceses had to undergo very painful furloughs and layoffs. They still did, even having received some some help. And nobody got rich, and nobody gold-plated their Lexus, and all of those who received paycheck protection money were employees who, I can assure you, pay taxes, and so this story was so misreported and sparked so much rage that it kept showing up on my Facebook feed um, with, with people who, who understandably, because who who out there that doesn't work for the church or have a pretty close association with the church is aware of how everything is incorporated, um, it just made it look like the church is evil, and people were enraged. And I saw on several different tags this idea, all right, well, so this organization that doesn't pay taxes got all this taxpayer money, um, oh my gosh, the Catholic Church, all these dioceses that are, that are bankrupt because of these, these sorts of things, and they're getting this money. And I took it as an opportunity to be able to, to share a little bit on Facebook about how that actually works. And guess what? people were reasonable about it. That I had some very positive exchanges with people who had good questions, and not all of which I even had the answer to, about how all that works. And once realizing that that $1.4 billion represented literally thousands and thousands of institutions that had individually applied to be able to pay their modestly paid workers so they didn't have to lay them off or stop providing services to the community that they've been providing for decades and decades. Um, they were they thought oh well that actually sounds like what the whole paycheck protection program was about. so I guess that is okay um, but the article made it seem like it was just this I don't know rage triggering scandal. And so much of what's going on out there is designed to make us enraged. So that's what I want to talk about. How do we productively respond, whether um, with our our family, who who may think differently or have different levels of engagement with the church, or whether with people on social media. Um, And I do think we should engage about these sorts of things um, if we can do so productively and without entirely losing our peace. I was reminded of something that I wrote back in January of 2019, after what I called then a long, angry January on the internet. And I forget what the issues even were then. And it was, I'm sure, very mild compared to the discussions that we're having now and the pretty radical and intense polarization that we're experiencing. And I went back to St. Thomas Aquinas and the way that his Summa Theologiae is structured for some guiding principles about how to respond on the internet, and I want to talk about that on this week's episode because I think it's even more important and timely now. Um, one, Saint Thomas Aquinas did not duck questions, and I think it's important for us not to duck questions these days, even if they're even if they're difficult and controversial. What would Thomas Aquinas do? He would he would one um, examine objections. So he pretty much knew. Uh, what his faith taught him, what the church taught him, and where he was gonna land, and what his position was gonna be. But he always thought along with potential objections to his position and And not in a in a weak sort of way. what what we tend to do online is to demonize our opposition, to shout them down, to come up with the most ridiculous possible expression of their position, and then shoot that down. That's called a straw man, by the way. And it's just not productive. What does Quinas do instead? He tries to see what's the best possible objection for those who who disagree with with things that the church teaches or or even even if we're thinking politics with what I think. Um, what are the best possible reasons they might think that? And in examining that, I might actually come up with some better solutions to the problem that they rightly acknowledge. So I think doing that could be very, very productive. it's It's a lot more work than it is to just post an angry meme or to just shout somebody down or just attack them or tell them you know that they're sure it looks ugly or whatever. Um, it requires us actually engaging positions and doing research. I also noticed in in that blog that that I wrote back in, in January 2019, um, what I still think is a very important thing to do. Read the article, um, watch the video, uh, do, do your homework and your research. I also noted in there that it's important that we remember that whoever it is that we're engaging is not um, just words on a screen those words on a screen represent a human person who posted them, and that human person was died for by Jesus Christ. And even if they have a wildly erroneous position, the only proper response to another human being reminds us, uh, reminds, we are reminded by St. John Paul II, the only proper response is love. And oh my gosh, radical idea. You ready, everybody? Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you who came up with that crazy idea oh yeah it was jesus and so we must remember that when our rage button is triggered we take that deep breath we pray that dangerous prayer come holy spirit and we make sure that we're we're engaging with other human beings and at the end of the day yeah of course we we want to win people over to our position but that's not really the goal of engagement the goal of engagement is communion the goal of engagement is is that the person that you're talking to, what do you want for them? Well, if you love them and if you're not loving them, then you're not doing what the gospel calls you to do. You want them to go to heaven. You want their fulfillment and their happiness. And so we work patiently toward that. It's not just about winning the argument. It's about winning hearts. It's about building relationships. And if we do that with clarity and charity, we'll get a lot further. Um, I just had some simple exchanges this week, and I don't wanna say that they were all that deep, but I, I just was encouraged that, um, that people out there are still uh, pretty reasonable when we can engage in a way that that doesn't immediately shut people down by looking overly defensive. And I'll say sometimes I'm afraid I'm I'm doing that when I when I respond with a lot of words to something. I'm like, oh, does this look like I'm angry and defensive? Um, so one thing that I'll try to do when I'm posting with somebody is just say something kind about them, and not not make something up. Like say something kind that I actually think. Um, I notice uh, some some of the people in my Facebook feed who I disagree with. I notice that they're very earnest and inquisitive and and looking sincerely for the truth. So I'll I'll tell them I think that about them, and um, that that sometimes goes a little further to say, okay, well this person's not attacking me; they're they're disagreeing with me, and we're we're mutually trying to get to the truth. I just think it's so productive and so helpful and so necessary. And I didn't say this in 2019, but I'll say it now. I think more than ever, it's important for us to to be engaging, um, to be engaging in conversations. When we see things that are posted that we think are wildly false, especially if they're an attack to the church and attack to our faith, to find a way to post and to pray that prayer, Come Holy Spirit, and to do so in a way that that humanizes the person that we're with. That's not not getting sucked into the rage game that 2020 is trying to play and that let's face it principalities and powers and demonic things that crawled straight from the pit of hell want to keep us angry and want to keep us distracted it's if you read screw tape letters it's straight out of the playbook right instead of pointing us toward toward Jesus instead of pointing us towards what's prayerful what's good what's beautiful and true let's just get obsessed with politics and enraged right and that's exactly what old is it Uncle Screwtape? Well, Uncle Wormwood is instructing Screwtape to do in that uh, imaginary playbook of the demonic from C.S. Lewis. So don't fall for that. Instead, engage in a way that's charitable, that's clear, that's loving, that's true, that's that's steeped in the gospel and not in ideology. That's another thing that I would just kind of close with. Is I think it's important in the year 2020, whatever however we tend to think politically, however we would identify whatever party we're registered with, um, that we go back to the gospel and we make sure that we are reminding ourselves of some words from um, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, who tells us that our faith is not an ideology, it's not a set of ideals, it's an encounter with a person and that person is Jesus Christ. Let's start there and it will shield us from many of the errors of our day and age and You might even have some productive and encouraging conversations on Facebook. You might learn something. Other people might learn things. Relationships might grow stronger and you still might get persecuted. But if you do, there's a beatitude for that also. So that's me encouraging you this week and even reminding myself going forward because I think that it's going to be a continually long 2020 that we can have conversations and that we should pursue the truth with clarity and charity. For Ascension, I'm Colin McIver reminding you to take a step forward.